UFC Fight Pass presents Extra Rounds. Live from the Fight Pass studios in Southern California, it's Extra Rounds on UFC Fight Pass. Along with Ray 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 Longo, here's your host, TJ DeSantis. Extra Rounds. Oh, it is Extra Rounds here, courtesy of UFC Fight Pass. We are just living in the afterglow of UFC 284, Islam Mikashev. He took on Alexander Volkanovsky. We're going to talk about that. We got a lot to talk about tonight, to be honest with you. But uh, we got some other pressing business to uh, take care of as well. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ DeSantis. Ray Longo is here. But we're also joined by the newly minted UFC Hall of Famer. A long time coming. The one and only Lil Evil. Jens Pulver. Jens. The time has arrived, man. There was a time where a lot of people thought that this call was never going to come, that you weren't going to make your way into the Hall of Fame. It's happening. It should happen. And uh, t- tell me your thoughts, because this one, uh, it-, it snuck up on you a little bit. It, it caught you by surprise. It, 100% caught by surprise. I'm still waiting for the, uh, it was just a joke. I'm not kidding. I'm still believe the, we're just kidding. <laughs> we're just kidding. I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I, it's, it's, it hasn't even, it's kind of like the day when I won the world title. And I still remember, I, yes, I slept in bed next to it. And I woke up in the middle of the night. When I woke up, you know, probably early morning. I was like, I'm like, oh, it was all a dream. It was all a dream. I couldn't believe it. But then when I looked over, there it was. And I was like, and I just sat there. And I was like, man, it really happened. I really, I really did this. And I just had that moment. I think that's what will happen when all the, everything kind of slows down for a moment. I think that's when it'll hit. And there'll be one yeah, I think that's, you know, like I, this really happened. And, and it's, yeah, because you always think about it and you hear people always saying, hey, aren't you an offense? No, not yet. No, one day, one day. And I, again, I love everybody trying to keep that real, you know, and my manager, Brian Butler, God, I love that man. He kept pushing it and pushed, you know, the ideas. I'm like, I can't do this. Thank you all. But if I have to sell this, then it, I don't deserve it. If it's me trying to push this, then I don't deserve this. But man, everybody just kept, bringing it up and yeah i'm i'm stunned i i stunned i, I mean i don't even a, a, anybody that knows the history of mixed martial arts knows that they can't tell the history of the lighter weight divisions without I- invoking the name jens pulver and that, <laughs> that's why i think it's it's this important when i was chatting with ray ray was excited to hear it too uh i mean ray like like we talk all the time about the old old school guys that don't get enough recognition i'm happy that right. jens pulver's getting that recognition today yeah, we're always worried that, you know, sometimes they have a way of rewriting history, right? Leaving people out. So the fact that you're from that generation and you got in is really huge. That means they really, really, really respect you and put you in there. Because, like, again, we've seen guys disappear off the history books. And I'm just glad it didn't happen to you because you were a big part of that. Uh, you know, everybody. I remember even your book. I remember float, floated around the gym. Weidman was the last guy to return it. Your instructional videos were looking at shit, trying to figure out what you do. I mean, it's a big stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, so sure. it's the little things that count, right? And uh, it's always great when I see you. I don't think we we knew each other that well, but we always when I saw you, it was always like a great interaction. And you and Matt had a great interaction. So it was it was good. I'm surprised you guys never fought back in the day. but I, I, I know, right? You know, I figured it, it was one of those things. Yeah, yeah, it was one coming. of those things. And you yeah. came from a great camp that, you know, it was legendary back there, and it had the mystique to it, the gym wars, this and that, you know. So <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you what, man, I'm happy, happy for everybody involved, even anybody who helped you get there. But, man, did you deserve it? And, again, you, you, 
you can't go through the history books and not see your name. You're even printed in history forever now. And I think that's a huge, huge accomplishment, buddy. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. Like I said, nothing but respect to you, sir, from day one. I've known, like I said, known who you are. You've had an incredible gym, incredible camp with a lot of great fighters. So, yeah, it's, you know, it, I, it was just one of those things. You think about it every now and then, and, and I have, there's a, I'm going to have to tell, I definitely will tell this story. And I've been waiting a long, long, long time. I don't think I can even say it without tears, but there's one person above everybody else. Again, I'm so thankful that obviously, you know, Brian Butler, my manager, I love that guy and my coaches, but there's one person in particular that I can't wait to tell him. I'm sure he's probably asleep, but I want to talk about him because I don't think he knows it. I don't want to take away from what we want to talk about here, but no, this is great. I want to talk about it. His name is James Pryor. And what he did for me was back in high school, my father, like I said, everybody knows my story. My father, he was absent. We'll just leave it. He was absent. Right. And he used to come, he used to show up to the matches with his family and he would have, every, he would film everything. And he would have, and I couldn't wait to get the tape afterwards, not to see me wrestle, but to hear the commentating, to hear my mother cheering. Let's go. See, I'll start crying right now. Yeah, Let's yeah. go, Gigi, and this and that. To hear my brothers smiling, my sister going, yeah, you know, getting crazy. And and I used to, and all the interaction that was happening. And it was at that moment I realized in my life, it's like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Look at how I'm making my family smile. And if it wasn't for him, he treated me like a son, and I wasn't even his. And right. So, like I said, to be able to give him this gift, and it took a long, long time. I didn't know if this would ever, yeah. ever happen. But I held on to that one thing. That's what it's kind of like. But to hear that interaction and to hear my family smile, I knew then this is exactly what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Maybe as a wrestler. Maybe as, you know what I mean? Maybe as a, as, as a fighter. I don't know. I didn't know if it'd be a fighter, but at the time, I knew I needed to do something like this. All my wrestling matches, going out there one-on-one -on -one and competing, and I just seen the importance of it. And it goes back to what I do now, which is when I get to do this stream and I get to do the Twitch stream for UFC, is I remember that. And I remember the importance. I couldn't wait to get back to hear what they were saying. And so now that's my way of doing the same thing. It's my turn to pass it on. Say right. good things, some negative, you know what I mean? Some positives, but you know they can't wait to get home to see this. And like I yes. said, I owe him because this is my gift to him. And I only wanted one thing. I wanted that Hall of Fame so I could say this is for you, James, because if it wasn't for you – you taught me, man. You took care of me when I was a kid. You tried to show me how to box, and I was a little too rugged in the beginning. You know what I mean? But to come and do that and treat me like a son when my own father couldn't, and right. to hear all that, know what I was to what I was doing, it's this is for him. And like I said, I love my coaches. I love everybody else, but this is for him because it, he is the reason why I started this path a long time ago, and I've, I've been holding this. And right. that's why I'm crying now because this is the first time I've been able to say it because I just – didn't think it was ever going to happen. And I just like, maybe I just won't ever tell him. <laughs> yeah, know. that's that. That's beautiful. And God bless your mother, too. And God bless James Pry and his good people in this world. And listen, you overcame a lot of things, uh, a lot of adversity that a lot of people can't get by. But yeah. you didn't use it as a crutch. It wasn't an excuse. You went on to become a world champion. And it's a beautiful story that everybody could <laughs> learn from. And I think that's you know, that's your legacy. You know what I mean? It's it's that's it's true. a rough go out there. You know what yeah. I mean? And you. You went through it, and thank God for guys like James Pryor because 
that's what it's all about. And I agree with you, man. People love listening to you. Uh, you know, you want to hear that. It's, it, listen, yeah. it's the little things in life that make us happy. It's not a lot. You know, we're not here for a long time. You made a great impact on this sport. And to be recognized for it, I think, is fantastic. And that's one thing, too, I want to hit on, Ray, because, Jans, obviously, you're, you're going into the UFC Hall of Fame. But your mixed martial arts career, it, it goes well beyond just the UFC. Yeah. You're a Pride veteran, well, a WEC veteran. You yeah, know. yeah, 100%. Ray mentioned your book. I mean, you were the first real sort of mixed martial artist to have their own sort of autobiography. You had your. I fought on free bacon night one time, man. It was, they had free bacon making BLTs. <laughs> they had the sandwich parts was free. It was the bacon. No, the bacon was free. You had to pay for the sandwich. It was like in the middle of middle of Moline, Illinois, man. I had free bacon night, so yeah. Man, fuck yeah. I mean, I don't even need to pay for anything. I'll just take the bacon. You know. I know, but that's what I was saying. But it was the BLT, so you had to buy the bread. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, craziness. You know, 100%. Lo- looking at everything, Jens. You know, from from the book to your documentary to helping the the lighter weight fighters, you know, find a, a home in this sport to, you know, doing what you're doing now on Twitch, because that's the thing, you're an old school guy, but I got to imagine there's, there's a ton of people that are newer fans that are finding you through the, the new media. And, and, you know, they, they're probably learning about your career from your stories rather than, you know, experiencing it. Like Honored. you're a trailblazer in so many different ways. Like what, what is your proudest moment though? Obviously this hall of fame means something to you, but when you look back on everything, what was the most impactful, you know, moment of your career? You know, it, it, I would say winning the world title, but it, it wasn't that it's, it was getting on the train, man. It, it was, there was a moment I went down to, I went down to California in Lodi and I was going to train with Bob Shamrock. I met him in my first UFC. I had fought my way with Nathan Pettit, who, um, he trains over here in, in, in Vegas and extreme culture and stuff, Nate Pettit. And he, he was at the gym and he was training me and we got into the UFC kind of on our own. And I met, I met Bob Shamrock there. And I, I mean, I, I met Bob going into that fight. So he was, I went down and trained with them a little bit and we did our first fight and that's kind of where I was going to go. But along the way we were on a plane, something was delayed and we got into Louisiana and Monty Cox Pat Militich, I think I was flying from, I got to Minnesota on my way down and I was going to meet Bob there. So I was training with Bob Shamrock and them. I think I was there for about a week and a half. I moved down there. I'm living with Bob Shamrock. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to be a fighter. And so I meet Pat Militich, Jeremy Horn, all them get on this plane. I'm just looking, I'm like, cow. Pat Militich. Oh my Lord. I didn't know who Matt Hughes was yet. Cause we both ironically had our first, we did our, our first fights together. I think, and I don't even like saying the number, but man, UFC 22. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. Let's get old. Right. And so Monty Cox. Got... Yeah, we're back. And I remember we got on, we, I think it was, we were flying into Lake Charles. I think we were in Louisiana. Um, I don't remember where we we're at in Louisiana at the airport and two seats. We couldn't get in. And Pat and Monty gave up their seats and they, they said, here, we want these guys. He's got a way in. We want him to get on this flight, and we'll just take we'll take the car. We'll take the vehicle. And so they gave them a vehicle, and I think it was a four-hour drive. I thought that was the most incredible thing. So after that fight, I'm getting to this. I'm a long story longer person. No, no, this is good. After that fight, I remember I got the win. Then they took it back later, the, the card, whatever. But my hand was raised, so I'm good. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And the moment when Bob Shamrock said, hey, and he made the call, 
to Monty Cox and said, I would like to, I want to send Jens out there. I want him here, but they're just, they're, we're not ready for him. We're not ready because I want to do this full time. And this was still a sport where people had full time jobs and they would come in in the afternoon. I quit college. I'm ready to go all day. And there was a 16 year old kid I was training with quite a bit. And I'll tell that story later. But I remember when he rolled up to me, his second UFC fight, first UFC fight. Hey, Chance, you remember me? And I'm looking up at him. We used to train together all the time. It's me, Nick Diaz. It's like, wow. I've known Nick when he was a a youngster, a youngster. He was one of the only kids. And he knew, like, I thought I made this huge mistake moving and going down to California, giving up everything I knew. And I was like, man, I was kind of, I didn't know what to do. So now I get up to uh, Seattle. My mom packs a lunch, tells me she loves me, and I get on a train. And that, to me, was probably the biggest moment of my life. I got on a train, man, and traveled two and a half days to to Iowa. And I showed up in Galena, Illinois, and I dropped my two bags in front of Monty Cox and Pat Milch and said, I'm ready to be a world champion. <laughs> and I think, you know, that to this day, that was the decision. Who does that? You give up everything. I showed up with two duffel bags. One had my everyday clothes. One had my training clothes. And I had a bag of change. My mom packed me a lunch. And I sat on this train for two and a half days writing about how I'm going to be the world champion. I'm going to do this. I'm going to I'm going to change my name. And, you know, and that that was after because Bob Shamrock is like, man, adopt me. I want to be Jen Shamrock. I don't want to be Jens Pulver. That's my father's name. And I hate my father. And it was Bob Shamrock that said, you know what? He goes, you know, I don't want you to change your name. He goes, but I want you to change your name. I want you to change what it means. And that's what I set out to do. Jens Pulver became, you know, I wasn't, a, I wasn't an abusive husband. I wasn't a, a child beater. It was Jens Pulver was a world champion and, you know, hopefully a good friend and stuff like that. And so I think that was the biggest choice for me. The biggest one of my life was, to get on that train, knowing nobody, knowing nothing, and traveling out to Iowa because I wanted to train with the military crew. Um, I'm going to tell you something. You are going to knock it out of the park with your acceptance speech at the whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, no, I'm not joking, man. I think we just heard it. No, you just heard seriously. it. Yeah, yeah, I think just we just heard it. I would write this down, listen to this. It's write in it my down. head. Uh, yeah, that's that was beautiful, man. I, you speak well. You speak beautifully and hey. articulate. And that's awesome, buddy. Really good. I mean, I'm, I, that shit, I don't know. So, <laughs> but I mean, the, the, I, the, I can't believe you got me beat by six UFCs. I think I was 28 with Matt. Yeah, yeah, yep, 22. UFC me 28. and Matt Hughes, first time. It was crazy, you know. Wow. And, it was, and it gets even funnier because what drove me to be in Iowa was Nate Pettit lived in Iowa when he was when he was a youngster, and he trained with Pat Militich at Tarpons. It was really? called Tarpon uh, Karate, yeah, Kickboxing or so, Academy or something like that. And he was the only one brave enough. So, so many people decided when I, we first started doing this MMA, we were fighting in gyms and fighting for free in Boise. We were just fighting for videotape. Like I would just bring people in. We just fight them for videotape, log that big old camera up there. And people would come in all the time. They're going to teach us how to, they're going to teach me how to MMA, teach me how to fight and all this stuff. And Nate Pettit shows up and we're like, all right. So I would just let the BSU wrestlers just wreck him. Cause I was a Boise state wrestler. He'd come into the wrestling room. That's where I trained every day. And he had the brass. He walked into this gym and said, Hey, I just wanted to talk to Jens. We're like, Oh, here goes another one. Another one's going to, you know, everybody out of the woodwork was going to be the next coach. Yeah, yeah. And so we started training and I'll never forget this. My man hit me with the tie kick. Bow. Just laid it across my thighs. And I said, oh, oh, what is this? I go, I need this. I need you. I go, I want you. And so we accepted him into the fold. He became part of the BSU wrestlers. The irony was he kept telling me, you need to go to Iowa. 
You need to go to Iowa. Pat Militich, Pat Militich, Pat Militich. I'm like, yeah, no, what? Uh -uh. That's Iowa, man. It's freezing cold. And I tried and everything just kept bringing me back to Iowa. And it was, you know, it's, and so that was the funny thing. Like I said, the next, you know, I'm on that train and made the craziest choice of my life. I didn't think it would be, I didn't, yeah, it was, I mean, who does this? They didn't even have my weight class. When I told my mom, you know, like the other story is when I first graduated college, I had, uh, I got a job as a resource officer at the high school and I was going to be the head wrestling coach, Timberline High School in Boise. And I was there and I got that first fight and I won and I already had the job for like three months. And I remember sitting down with the principal and she said, I was like, man, I won. I didn't think I was going to, I won. And I'm like, I've achieved two of my dreams right now. I got a job. Like my mom asked me, I, I get to work with children, which is great. I get to coach wrestling, which is two of them. But there was that, I want to be a champion. I want to be, I want to, I want to, I want to be something. I want to see you smile. I want, I want to take us on a journey. And yeah. I'll never forget when the, when the principal said, you know, she said, Jens, look at it this way. Life is short, but your athletic life is a sliver. You got to go out there and you got to achieve it. You can always come back and work with kids later. You can always come back and talk with kids later. And I was like, are you sure? And she said, yeah. I said, all right, thank you. And I, on a train, head yeah. and See, that's, the, that's the beauty of mentors, man. So you might have had it rough in one area, but you seem yeah. to have surrounded yourself with some really good people that led you in the right direction. So that's 100%. a fucking great story. Really and that's great what I mean, story. coaches and mentors have, have raised me. Yeah. I was raised by coaches and mentors. Yeah. and it's, That's great. You know, I was very lucky. And it's a position that you have, and you understand that. You know, yeah. We look up to you. We respect you. And like what you say, like you can never, you'll always have us. You know what I mean? And that's not, yeah. So I, it's weird, but that was, those are one of the things when I was going through at the end here. And I think that's the minute this hall of fame thing happened. That's like, I, it doesn't, it's not real. I, I can't believe this. I, I look at my eyes. I can't, well, but we now don't. I can just tell them all like, you know, thank you. I can't, yeah. I've got a brother serving 55 years in prison and I just, I just, I hope they're all proud. Oh, man. Jens, everybody's proud of you, dude. Like, listen, Jens, I'm telling you, I don't, really, went on, I don't you know, know you, but you won me over tonight. I like I you. always that. liked you. Now I love you. Now <laughs> I fucking you. love you. How can you not? How can you not? Yeah, no, 100%. Well, I never get the chance to talk to him like this. It's always yeah. hello. Well, hope everything's good. Great to see yeah, you. And that's taking it. care this of the is, fighters, and we're off and going. Yeah, that's yes, it, man. We, we got things to do, and we move on. But this is, like, again, I... Liked them, always liked them. Now I love you. I, I swear to God, you, yeah. Well, what I've a great story and what a great you, ambassador. They should okay. use you more often. Well, well, I like that's why I love the stream. So hopefully they keep that stream. We do the UFC stream forever. I love it. And nice. again, I love that everybody comes in, and that's kind of why I'm the pause king, is because I get to sit there and you know what I mean. I get to I talk to everybody. And I'm just so happy that they take their time to just come in and talk. It's the greatest gift in the world, man. They're just taking time to meet you and talk to you. And, you know, and sometimes everybody's like, play the effing video. I'm like, hey, partner, you can roll on over to Fight Pass. And for just under $10 a month, you can watch that fight. You can have that. And you can watch the fights upside down, backwards with a thumb in your ass. I don't care how you do it. But right now, they're giving me time. And I'm going to rap with them. So we're going to have a good time and talk for a minute. But so it's like I said, I'm in a great to have this. I don't know what I've done. But yeah, this is 
Yeah. I, I, I think you just told us in a nutshell. So. <laughs> I think Thanks. he's done it all. And, you know, yeah. that, that's one thing. Uh, we'll, we'll let you get out of here, Jens. But my my favorite Jens Pulver story, if people don't know, Jens, uh, you know, was the, the UFC lightweight champion, had an issue renewing his contract. He decided to actually uh, leave the UFC. And I went to this little tiny MMA show in Fridley, Minnesota. No idea what was going to happen. I had okay. never been to an MMA before. Uh, MMA. Volleyball. Volleyball court, right? Volleyball. Yeah. A place called Spikers in Fridley, Spikers. Minnesota. It was so hot. I had to sit in a car to get some air conditioning. So I, I show up. I, I had no idea who I was going to see fight. And once you know it, the man who was the UFC lightweight champion makes the walk and takes on another unknown guy named Rob Emerson in the middle oh, of nowhere, wow. Minnesota. And uh, that was the first ever MMA event I went to. That was crazy. That was crazy. something. Man, I remember that. It was so hot in that room. I had to go sit in a car, Ray, sit in a car to get some air conditioning because I was overheating. I was struggling. It was the hardest <laughs> thing ever. And I was amazed. I'm like, I got to go sit in a car, man. This is too much. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. That's well, awesome. Jens, we'll yeah. let you get out of here, man. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm on board with Ray here. Like, I can't wait for the Hall of Fame to go down yeah. here in, in July to hear your acceptance speech. I'm sure it's going to be. Uh, you know, one for the ages. And again, congrats on this, you know, Thank overdue, you. well-deserved uh, accolade. Thank you so much, both of you. I appreciate it. Like I said, it's very on, incredible to be able to talk to you on this side. Like I said, it's been a lot of fun. I know how we've all been in the fold together. We've all got fighters and things to take care of each other. But like I said, I've always been a fan, a huge supporter. And you know what I mean? It's it's great to talk to you. I appreciate what, what, it. What time is it over there? Uh, 1230. At night? At night, yeah. how the frick you got this much energy? I'm, I'm dying over I here. Love oh, you just I love woke this. me up though. I was about to go to bed. I'm fucking quiet up now. I love it. Yeah, I love this. I love That's talking. Awesome, I love man. doing this stream. I love hanging with everybody in chat. It gets me going. I can do it. For, like I've been sitting here for I don't know seven hours. I love it. There's nobody made, made for this more than Jens Pulver. It's true. I was made to do it. That's made true. to do it. All right, Jens. all right, guys. I Thank love you, and sir. appreciate y'all. Thank you. Love there you, buddy. Great, great hearing you. Little Evil, Jens Pulver, the latest addition into the UFC Hall of Fame. All right, let's get to it, Ray Longo. Uh, we saw a phenomenal fight tonight. The lightweight championship of the world was up for grab. Uh, Islam Makashev taking on the featherweight king in Alexander Volkanovsky. It went all 25 minutes, and, you know, what a hell of a fight. It, it comes down to, uh, you know, a unanimous decision for uh Mahashev, but it was about as close as, uh, you know, a fight against, you know, the, the, the best fighter in the world and Islam really could be because Volk had his moments, but uh, we saw ultimately uh, Mahashev get the uh, the nod in the judges' scorecards. Your thoughts on the fight? I mean, look, man, honestly, that's it's one of those fights. It's a cliche. There's no winner or loser in that fight. You can't tell me Volk lost that fight. I mean, he right. did lose, but I mean, coming up a weight class against a killer like that, that takes people down, just squashes them, and I, how is that not a win for that guy? It's oh, his stock goes up. Like he lost. I mean, it's but... incredible. Yeah, incredible performance by that guy. Uh, and he fit the way he finished that fight. I don't. Oh know. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, some damn, I don't know. I, I'm not. On, I'm not advocating for this, but you know, if it was a seven round fight, maybe the tide was turning. Maybe yeah, a little too late, but but still, the tide was definitely turning. Yeah, and again, you got they gave it to the right guy, but man, by a I'm saying by a hair, and even the way he was talking after he was laboring, the other guy looked like he could have won another twenty minutes easy. I mean, I so I I I tell you what, I'm 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 blown away by Volk's performance and that. And again, it's not 
I don't people taking it the wrong way. It's not taking away anything from Islam. He fought a great fight too, but for a guy coming up in weight, uh, you almost have to handicap him a little bit. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Well, I, I mean, it was a great fight. In our previous show, we were talking about the path to victory for Volkanovski uh, really being one where he had to fight a perfect fight. He really couldn't make any mistakes. For the most part, he didn't make really many mistakes. He was controlled at times. Yeah, he had his back taken. But outside of those control moments, like he really was as perfect as you could be without winning the fight. Like, uh, I, you yeah, obviously want to make those adjustments, but... but yeah, Go. there was no damage though. There, there really I mean, wasn't. Volk was hitting him. They were little shots, but he was relaxed as a guy could be in that. You know, when he had the body lock on him from the back. I mean, yeah. never close with a submission. I, I don't know that that fight was really, really interesting. I enjoyed the shit out of that D fight. Did you have it three two? Was it four one for Islam? No, or what it was your call? wasn't four one. I would have given it three two for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh there's um, no way it was. I mean, it's one of those fights where the rounds were close, but I think you had to give it to Islam. Yeah. But that day, that was close, man. And, and both men look really good. Like, I was, was oh, incredibly I, look, impressed. And yeah, Volk said it. His wrestling surprised Islam and. Right. Islam striking surprise bolt. That's the that's the storyline of that fight. Yeah, and like, doubt. and that's the thing too. Like I was talking to you about it last week uh, about how I would like to see Volkanovski fight at, at fifty five more than you know we we have. We just saw him tonight in in a title fight. But what I think I did learn about Volkanovski is if he does want to continue to fight at fifty five, like he's going to beat some of the the cream of the crop. He's going to be competitive, if not beat a lot of guys in that top ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Look. He, he he fought a tremendous fight. He really did. He like he said, the preparation was on point. Uh, it was one of those fights, TJ. Two one punch either way could have changed. It probably did change it a little bit, but uh, he definitely hurt Islam. Islam hurt him, but I think I don't know. I mean, yeah, he could definitely compete at fifty five, but this fight, considering what Islam has been doing to people, yeah, and. Wait, I don't know if it means anything, but I can't see. I can hear you. I don't know if you know that or not. You can't see me? No, I can't see you. Well, I, I don't know why that is. Yeah. I don't know if it means anything, but well, just let me know. Is uh, as long as everyone else can see me, I, I think we're good. I mean, maybe, maybe it's a, it's actually a feature. You don't have to see me, right? <laughs> you know? I'll, tell you one, I'll tell you one thing, man. Jen's knocked it out of the park. Oh, Jen's is great. Oh, Jen See, I, yeah, I never like talked to him in that vein before. I mean, like like I said, it's always a logo, but always cordial, very nice. But wow, the energy this guy has and the stories. I mean, like again, that's his acceptance speech, man. He he, he killed it. He freaking killed it. Yeah, I mean, there's nobody that loves mixed martial arts like Jens Pulver loves mixed martial arts. I'll tell you, it just came across. I mean, the passion and the enthusiasm was phenomenal. Yeah. What a great, great story, and I'm glad to, I really am glad the UFC is doing the right thing by him. I really am. Yeah, and he's doing a great job with his uh, Twitch stream. He's always uh, streaming fights and talking about them and just telling stories that you don't get to hear, you know, because it, that's one thing I love about this new media format is you have this ability to sort of sit and really have a conversation with fans like real time, whether it's through the chat, uh, you know, we have our segment Ask Ray, like the, 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 
the interaction has always been really good with mixed martial artists and, and, and their fans, but to be able to do it in long form, uh, you know, sort of open forum and discussions, it's, it's pretty special. Um, yep. I, I want to steer the conversation back towards uh, Islam Mahashev. Uh, you know, he, he gets the win tonight. It was a well-deserved win. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see him progress. But, you know, th- there's always these comparisons to him and his teammate and, and Khabib Nurmagomedov, who, you know, is the greatest uh, lightweight of all time. But, you know, despite Mahashev having some vulnerabilities tonight against Volkanovsky, he's still, you know, on his upswing. It's only his first title defense. I mean, I really do believe, and and this is something Khabib has said, I do believe that Mahashev, if he continues to grow and continues to improve, that he has all the capabilities of being as good, if not better, than Khabib. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right on that. But I'll I'll tell you what, though, mindset-wise, Khabib, man, like, Khabib really dictated where the fights went. Uh, Now, I think Islam chose not to do that. I don't know if he... Could do that if he wanted to, but the other guy just had that ability to put that fight where he wanted to, and he would throw just enough. He had power. He could catch you off guard, but he wasn't. He didn't have the boxing ability of Islam when he left, but, like, again, he knew how to make that work for him. I don't think it mattered. Right. Uh, so you're right, though. I, you, the ceiling looks higher, but it's, it's a tricky thing talking like that because the mindset of Khabib, and the discipline, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would think he has it, but I didn't see that same intensity. Uh, he has a lot to prove. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. A lot to prove. But I, yeah, I, just, I, mean, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but he's got a lot of room for growth. I think he's proven that he's sure. a champion. He belongs there sure. and all of that stuff. But, I mean, and again, we're comparing him to an undefeated guy who'll probably go down as one of the greatest of all time. So yeah, well, he's got big shoes to fill. Let's put it that way. He's got sure. big shoes to fill. 100%. Um, our producer, Steve actually just sent a note uh, of our Twitch viewers that are watching 63% of uh, Twitch uh, scored the main event for Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, I didn't see it that way. I, again, I, I'm not trying to take away anything uh, from Volk. I no. thought he was, uh, you know, very game and very competitive. Uh, you know, if it was sort of that open scoring where you don't just score round by round, you want to make an argument that, you know, you just look at the whole fight and say who won. Sure, there's an argument to be made. But I think, you know, the, the 10 point must system, the way it works over the course of 25 minutes and five rounds, uh, I lean towards uh, Mahashev uh, three rounds to two. Uh, yeah. But but one thing I I, I mean, it, it's hard. It's always easier to say on the outside looking in. Uh, but that's your job, right? Your your job is to critique your athletes as they fight and make adjustments. Uh, in the third round, there was a moment where Volkanovski landed a beautiful inside leg kick to the lead leg of Mahashev, yeah. and then he never really went back to it. He stumbled Islam. Uh, would you like to seen? Uh, would you like to see uh, Volkanovski work that leg attack a, a little bit more? I mean, uh, I I say yeah, but I think. What happens is he, he when you when he does that he was turning it because of the height difference I right. think he gave the left hand of Islam you know he brought himself closer right and I he might have got counted a uh, maybe one time he, he off balance I mean I would have liked to have seen him go back to that or at least fake it and then you know work off of it for sure but it was a very technical battle yeah hundred uh, percent also really too anytime you I'd throw... have to go back and rewatch it to be honest with you because I was it was one of those fights I did I was like going crazy you got lost in it it was great you know uh, yeah it... yeah that's why I say I don't and I could see why people scored it for Volkanovski because 
you he was such an underdog right that, you know that you got to take everything into consideration as a fan that's why i say he's a winner i had no matter no matter who's looking at it that guy's a winner i know he lost on the cards but given this given the odds right given that he's coming up in weight uh you know think about it oh yeah no i you mean know. Th- th- there were there were moral victories there for volkanovsky yes. to say the least you know, and, and, uh, and it wasn't like a moral victory had just lasted. He, no. he, knocked the guy, he knocked him down, too. He was competitive. The, he won rounds. Know, the way, he, way he finished that fight, I mean, I don't know if that's in Japan. It's pride rules. Right. I don't know. I, I bet you, they give it to Volkanowski. Yeah, maybe. Um, you mentioned odds. Let's take a look at the odds. Uh, this is what uh, they were when we last spoke. Uh, Mahashev was a minus 380 favorite. Uh, the comeback in Volkanovski was plus 300. And this is how they closed. A uh, little bit of line movement there. Mahashev closed at a minus 365 favorite. Uh, Volkanovski got some support, was bet up to plus 300. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of the UFC. Uh, with same game parlays, championship futures, and more, there's no better place to bet on the UFC than DraftKings. Download the app, sign up with promo code FightPass. And get in on all the UFC betting action right now. Um, like we saw, I think it was Dominic Cruz said this is only like chapter one between these two. Uh, Without you know, a doubt, I, I co-sign on that immediately. Like I don't Without know if we just do it at the end of every year or or to begin the the year. Like uh, these guys are going to fight again, and I'm going to you know be there front and center. Without a doubt, Dana's licking his chops on that. That's a great. Green, I would say he doesn't even want him to go back to 45 right now. I bet he'd love to see a rematch. Yeah, no, 100%. I'd, I'd love right. to see it. Um, Yair Rodriguez did do his part, though, tonight, capturing uh, interim gold uh, in the featherweight division. He gets past uh, Josh Emmett uh, with a triangle choke. Beautiful submission uh, for the Mexican. Um, you know, we talked about this, Ray. We we talked about how this fight was a bit of a pick'em fight, uh, but there were just more wrinkles to the game of Yair Rodriguez. His kickboxing style is more dynamic. We've seen him knock out the Korean Zombie with one of the most un orthodox elbows you're ever going to find in, in mixed martial arts and tonight we see him pull off uh, a beautiful submission uh where emmett has to sort of you know bide his time land a power punch and, and try to you know take it from rodriguez and don't get me wrong he definitely did his part but you know when he found himself inside that closed guard of rodriguez he found himself uh you know tapping out i, I was really impressed with yair rodriguez Oh, super impressive performance. The movement, we knew the kicks were going to probably be the difference, right? Because he's got a kick-heavy game. But I don't even know if it was the submission, even though the submission was beautiful. Emmett was beat up at that point. I mean, he was was beat up. I mean, if that fight would have won another two rounds with him taking damage like that, it could have been life-changing. Because he he took body kicks, head kicks, uh, elbows. Uh, He he got... He got pieced up bad. He landed his own shots, but uh, that fight was a that was a masterpiece by Rodriguez. That was super super impressive. I mean, impressive enough that even though Volkanovski did as good as he can with Islam, I don't know. It's a tough fight with him and Yair. Yeah, 
No, 100%. Uh, you know, I, I, I like Yair's whole game as well because that's the thing. He's dynamic on the feet, uh, obviously good submissions uh, on the floor, and you could see his game, just the, the uh, massive amount of weapons that he had. Uh. It, re- it really stunted the uh, offensive movement of Emmett. I think for the first, like, two minutes of the fight, Emmett really didn't do anything. He was coming forward at times, but he wasn't throwing. He just kind of had to wait to see what Rodriguez was going to do because Rodriguez was dictating the pace. A hundred percent. And let's not forget, he's also got that built-in Mexican toughness that you can't teach in the gym. Right. And, uh, you know, like you say, the first two minutes, the footwork, the the, the kicking just off balance. him. you know, Emmett's kind of, look, he, the height, there was a height advantage. So he either had to rush in to get his shots off or he had to try to buy his time. But there was no biding your time. You were getting pieced up too, too, uh, too much. So. Uh, you know, hats off to Emmett for making it, you know, a, a great fight, but he took some huge, huge shots. Yeah, and I liked uh, how respectful Rodriguez was uh, to Volkanovski, too, post-fight in the uh, interview. He said, you know, uh, Alexander's got some business to take care of with, with Islam. I'll, I'll let that happen, and, you know, maybe we can fight down the road. But, I mean, uh, I don't know what fight I want more. Uh, Makashev and and uh, Volkanovski too, or Rodriguez and and Volk because I mean again that's that's a great pay per view. That's one thing too I will say about Volkanovski's performance tonight and as well as in his last fight. He went from a guy who was sort of you know quietly dominating his division to a guy who became verbose and vocal and makes people feel a certain way. And that crowd tonight in Perth, like, I was listening you know with headphones on. But yeah. it, it's one of the loudest crowds I've ever heard through the television. Man, I tell you, just the ambiance, you know, watching the fights was just phenomenal. Those, those, you know, I've been to Australia three times. They're just super great fans, uh, love the sport, but you, you could feel it. And, you know, the Aussie fighters did great on this card, you know, and I think that's a huge part of it. When you have that type of backing behind you, Maybe gives you a little bit of an extra edge because uh, you don't want to let anybody down. But I mean, literally, great night of fights. No, one hundred percent. I mean, it delivered, and it was uh, you know top heavy with two phenomenal championship fights. But also, you Yo. said the the Aussies on the on the undercard as well. They they definitely delivered. Like, man, uh, always there's like a home field advantage in sports. I get it, but to walk out in front of that crowd. And to hear that, like, I don't care what your ability is. You're just going to get better hearing all those people cheer for you. Like, I just, I can't imagine what that's like to compete in front of that many people that are, you know, cheering your name. Like, look, the, the worst environment I was ever at was Sarah GSP to rematch in Montreal. Oh, yeah. About TJ, there was no advice in the corner. You couldn't hear anything. <laughs> right, yeah. You couldn't hear anything. Yeah. I, I don't remember that being, you know, I didn't have the... You know, I didn't have a guy, you know, there wasn't that kind of ambiance when I was in Australia. But, you know, that fight was so built up and, you know, Matt had knocked him out, obviously, mm. in the first fight. The, the TJ, there was 900 riot control police there. He was getting death threats. They were taking us underground through the tunnels. Uh, it was that's crazy. I mean, crazy. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was me. It was us. Rich Franklin. Uh, who was this Brazilian? Uh, Gergel? Yeah, George, yep. You know, we were down there and we actually found like a refrigerator with cake in it. <laughs> I thought they left us down there for dead. This is true, man. True story. I thought they left us down there for dead. If Sarah would have won that fight, I don't think I'm talking to you right now. Wow. 
they were bizarre, bizarre, crazy. Yeah, I mean, every every fan base uh, is a little bit different, but the the Aussies tonight proved that they're one of the most raucous crowds uh, in the world. Um, You know, we have a little contest going here on Extra Rounds, Ray. I've been asking you for your fight picks. I've been giving my fight picks. Our producers, Frankie and Steve, have been giving their fight picks. And uh, it's time to look at where the rankings are through two UFC pay-per-views here in 2023. Do you know where you are at in the standings? You've been pretty I gotta, good. I got to be up there because tonight I pit everything except the draw, so nobody got that. Right. Yeah, let's take a look at, at our standings. So this is how they previously stacked up going into 284. Uh, Steve Coyne was uh, 5-0 and coming out of 283. Uh, you and Frankie were tied at 4-1. and I'm bringing up the rear. Uh, these were our fight picks for tonight. Um we all did pretty well except Frankie. Frankie uh, had three losses tonight, uh, but you did well. Uh, Steve did well. We had that draw, so that changes things. But let's see how uh, we're doing now overall. It's uh, the wrong button. Um, oh, hang on. I don't even have it loaded. Let me tell you, uh, you're in second place, Ray Longo. Who's in, who's in first place? Steve is in first. Who, what were his picks tonight? So uh, had, let me show you. Uh, let's go back to that little thing here. If he had Menafield, I want, I want to, I want to win on that. No, no, no. So, uh, oh, he did have Menafield. Yeah, yeah, but that, that ends up as a draw. Ends up I think draw. the advantage goes to me. Come on, Crude came back and really showed a lot of heart in that fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so basically, uh, and I, I thought God, God did a great job in that fight. So oh, point, so if he didn't get the point taken away, Steve would be way out in front. And that's what I will say too. Mark Goddard is a guy who does not mess around when it comes yeah. to taking nonsense. I know that John Annie calls Keith Peterson the no nonsense Keith Peterson. Yeah. Mark yeah. Goddard takes absolutely no shit from anybody. Goddard had a great night tonight. He let that fight go on when other people might have stopped it. Yeah. And the defense grip was huge. Yeah. 100 so I, I like it it sends a message to everybody too and, and and that's the thing too like for whatever reason for years we've always sort of sat back and thought in mixed martial arts that you're allowed to break the rules three or four times before there are consequences and right. that shouldn't be the case no well that's it starts like with stuff like tonight it's not going to take long for people to realize you can't grab the fence. You can't, you know, kick a guy in the head when he's down. I mean, it's just, it's easy. But I think he did a fantastic job tonight. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's see here. Got some questions. Uh, I don't know if this is from Twitch or if it's just uh, Steve asking, but he says, uh, ask Ray uh, if it is tougher to get a fighter motivated uh, when the, the fights start in the morning. Obviously, being down under, uh, the fight card started very early and then went into the afternoon. Have you had a situation where you've cornered someone, you know, overseas where you guys are you get into the arena at like 6 a.m.? Yeah, I think I had uh, in Sydney, Costa Filippo against uh, Court McGee, and it was probably we had to be on the bus at 6 in the morning. I think it's one of those things everybody complains about it, but the adrenaline takes over and uh, it's not really an effect at all. I mean, is it better to go over there in, in that situation to like get on Aussie time or is it better to try to stay on, you know, United States time? Because at the end of the day, you're still fighting in what would be, you know, normal East coast time. It's just different. 
Yeah, I mean, we normally go over there like 10 days to two weeks out uh, when we have the ability to do that. So I think the uh, I think even like medically, you have to get there two weeks before. Right. Or they say it's better to fly in like that day. You right. know what I mean? To where it hasn't hit you yet. But I, I will say this. Coming back is a nightmare. Yeah. It, it, it takes you about a month to readjust if you've been there for a while. Yeah, I uh, I went to uh, Macau one time for a Pacquiao fight, and was there for a whole week. And it took me all week to get on on the the normal local time. And then I get home, and yeah, I was I was messed up for like three three straight weeks. Oh, without a doubt, okay. without a doubt. I know when uh, who the hell was I told? I mean, like sometimes it hits you like three weeks or a month and you, you just don't even know why you're waking up at two in the morning or right. whatever your schedule is. No, it's uh that jet lag is no, it's, it's definitely no joke. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow for a long flight to Hawaii. Uh, that's not that bad from where you're in. I'm you're in California. In Cali, it's, right? it's like six hours. No, that's a, that's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> I'll tell you, I got beat up coming back from Abu Dhabi. Oh, I can't imagine. Hours. I think that I think I, it changed my whole circadian rhythm. I haven't I haven't gotten it back yet. It's horrible. I mean, I think you just need a little Jens Pulver in your life, and you'll be able to oh, power through any uh, woo, energy. Man, I issues. might have to hire that guy as a motivational speaker. I'm just going to get him to do extra rounds. We'll keep you up until seven o'clock in the morning talking fights. Oh man, that was that was. What a pleasant surprise that was. It really was. He's great. And also, too, like, talking about Jens, like, he was one of the first, like, active fighters during his time to actually invade the commentary booth. You know, he was doing commentary for some of those UFCs in, in the 30s and 40s. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, so. Oh, he's got a He's got it. I'm surprised he's not doing it now. He's good. He's great. But, he, like, really, honestly, like, you got to check out one of his streams sometimes because, like, that's where he's perfect. Like, just the long-form... Like, don't get in his way. Like, I, I know when, when Jens is on with, with us, like, I'm just going to ask one question, and I'm going to sit back and listen to the show. Oh, he was booking. He was he was spot on tonight, spot on. Yeah, 100%. Uh, All right, Ray, I'm going to let you go because it is late out there. Yeah, what a, what a, this was a great show. I mean, he really made my night, that kid. I mean, he he's, really he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. It couldn't happen to a better guy to get this 100%. call. 100%. I'm a, I'm a really... Big fan of his. Now, I always loved him. But I may mean, like him. I like I said. But I'm a huge fan now. I, sure. I would do. I would do anything to help that guy. You know, he's had a rough, rough go. He made it through. He's a positive role model. I hope he stays the course and keeps doing what he's doing and has the enthusiasm and the passion that he displayed tonight. Uh, true story. If you go over to IMDb.com, which is basically like the fight finder for movie stars. Yeah, I got it. Uh, uh, I'm I, I I have an IMDb because I'm standing in the background in the movie Jen's Pulver Driven at a WEC press <laughs> conference holding a microphone. I don't want to toot my own horn, TJ, but I have a IMDb page myself. Yeah, but I mean, you're not fat guy in the background holding a microphone. You're probably billed <laughs> as Ray Longo. You know what I mean? Yeah, Ray Bones. There you go. All right, right. I actually got a question about the film industry uh, for the next uh, Ask Ray segment that we do here in a couple weeks. Beautiful. Yeah, so we'll get to it. Ray, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you for everything, as, as always, and we'll talk to you soon. You're the best, man. What a, what a great show. Great, great night of fights. All right, have a good I'll, night, Ray. I'll talk to you during the week. Yes, sir. There he is, Take Ray care. Longo. Kind enough to give us a few moments here on Extra Rounds. We are not done yet. There are still things to do. We will get to it on the other side, but uh, in the vein of celebrating one Jens Pulver,
Let's take a look at that Hall of Fame package once again as uh, we get ready to induct Lil Evil into the UFC Hall of Fame coming up here this summer. I know how much pain I'm in. I know how bad I'm hurting right now. Man, I, at one point, I wanted my leg to come off. I like, just cut it off because it went, the side nerve burnt all the way down my left, down to my heel and back up. It burned so bad, and it was the most pain I've ever been in in my life, man. I know most people are like, well, why wouldn't you just cancel the fight? Because, no way. We only get to fight once a year. No, I'm not canceling that. Whoa, and there it that's is. it. It did not take long at all. Left hook. Jens Pulver, the big left hand. My goodness. My goodness. If I wouldn't have taken this fight because I was injured, I wouldn't have been in this position right here to throw that punch to the UFC, to Dana White and the Fertitas taking over the UFC, buying it, and them saying, we need this guy right here, and they're gonna fly me over to Japan to watch Cal Uno to defend his judo belt. And Dana White goes, that's who you're fighting for the UFC world title. Little people set to take on Uno for the Bantamweight title fight. Oh, oh, oh a good knee by Jim Pumper, and another, and a combination. champion Pulver, the challenger Penn, the belt is on the line. There's a double. Nice combination by Jens. Oh, nice. another left. Start to throw. Nice, nice. Oh, Big time. For the winner, by majority decision, and still. Sometimes hype just ain't enough. This is my cage. On this season of The Ultimate Fighter, the prodigy BJ Penn and Jen's Little Evil Pulver, two legends of the UFC lightweight division. For the first time ever, the coaches will step into the octagon in the season finale. There's bad blood between the two, and BJ feels that Jen's has been dodging him and running and hiding from him for five years. And Jen's attitude is, hey, listen, I beat you, deal with it, if we meet up again, we will. Vince a great guy, great coach, very charismatic. It's very easy to just like the guy. I feel like Jen is an awesome coach, the way, way things turned out. Hey, don't just stop here, buddy. I'm going to definitely enjoy watching you have a good career. Jen's Palmer, BJ Penn, will meet again. Oh, BJ trapped his left arm. This could be the beginning of the year. You know, when you have a show like we did, when we started out in the beginning of this game and it was growing, we built a weight class. I remember everybody told me when I started, you got to go 170, you got to go, he you know, light heavyweight. There is no 55. And I said back then, I go, no, I'll just keep whipping, keep fighting hard. They'll create a weight class. 
So we just put a stamp on a phenomenal weight class that I hope you guys love, enjoy, and will always embrace in the UFC 155. Absolutely, the very first UFC lightweight champion ever, James Palmer, ladies and gentlemen. I'll fight anybody they put in front of me. I'll make no excuses. I love you guys, seriously. You know, I came out here, I gave you guys everything I had. I give you my heart every time. There he is, Little Evil, Jens Pulver, the latest addition to the UFC Hall of Fame. He will go in coming up this July. Also going in the Hall of Fame, it was announced uh, Jose Aldo. He's going in as well. And uh, Aldo actually boxed uh, over the weekend here in Shudo Boxing. Catch a replay as well as his year of the fighter special right now on UFC Fight Pass. Speaking of live events on UFC Fight Pass, here's what's coming up next week. We've got Aries 12 taking place. It's all going down on Friday. It is a very packed Friday. Uh, Fury FC 75, the LFA back in action as well. And you can check out Budo Sento Championship Volume 13. Again, all headed your way. Live events, originals, podcasts, movies, extra rounds, everything you want is over right now on UFC Fight Pass. Step into our world. I think it's a no-brainer in combat sports. Sign up right now if you're not already. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, what do they say on, on YouTube? Hit the like button, comment, and subscribe. Help uh, grow our community uh, over there. And uh, always want to say thank you to our uh, hardcore following over on Twitch. What a great community those guys are. Uh, speaking of Twitch, Jens Pulver, always holding it down uh, on Twitch as well. I want to thank Jens for coming on the air, talking about uh, this huge accomplishment of his, getting inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, couldn't happen to a better guy. If you missed any part of this broadcast, you can go check it out uh, on demand over on YouTube, uh, the Facebook page for UFC Fight Pass as well, or again, anytime uh, behind the paywall over on UFC Fight Pass. I'm getting out of here. I'm taking uh, taking off for a week, so uh, nothing from me next week. But uh, we'll be back as we get closer and closer to the big UFC coming up here in March. Johnny Bones is back. John Jones taking on Cyril Gone. Man, that's going to be a phenomenal fight here at heavyweight. Cannot wait for it. But um, what a great fight tonight was. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky put on a hell of a effort against the now number one pound-for-pound king in Islam Mahashev. Probably going to be talking about this one for a while. And uh, both these guys are going to be staples of both their respective divisions. So that's it for Ray Longo. I'm TJ DeSantis. We'll see you next time for Extra Rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.